0: Blue iron. The Denver Nuggets select Michael Porter Jr. But I'm gonna make sure that this pick is this organization's best pick they've ever made. Four, six, and a Jokic put it out. Jokic nice. 23. of the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast part of the Blue Wire podcast network as usual I am your host TJ McBride you can find me on Twitter at TJ McBride NBA if you want all of my Twitter insanity you know brought into your feed but today's gonna be a good show we're gonna talk about um training camp update as usual because Marcus Howard spoke Michael Malone spoke Gary Harris spoke and Vlako Chonchar spoke yesterday for or sorry two days ago for training camp, so we'll get into that. The Nuggets technically took yesterday off, quote-unquote. Um, according to the Denver Nuggets social media page, they still had practice, but media did not speak to anybody yesterday, so I don't really know what happened. Um, the Nuggets will be talking later today. It is currently Wednesday morning. Um, they'll be pl- it's, I think it's like 1 p.m. Mountain Time. They'll be practicing today, so there'll be a podcast out on Friday to cover all that fun stuff. Um, in addition to training camps, though, Monte Morris... Has agreed to sign a three-year, twenty-seven million dollar contract extension. Um, this was something that was expected. This is something that I have reported on numerous times on this podcast and on, on and on Twitter. That even though they drafted R.J. Hampton and signed Facundo Campazzo, they had all intents are all intentions of keeping Monte Morris in Denver. This was not a precursor to Monte Morris getting traded because his value was high. The Denver Nuggets want multiple playmakers in Denver, so I'll get more into the Monte Morris portion of this in the second segment. You'll hear about that probably like 10 minutes from now, something like that. Um, Lots of interesting stuff, though, in terms of what this means for the Denver Nuggets next year, because financially speaking, things might be more set in stone next year than we anticipated, which may actually lead to a quiet offseason for the Nuggets if they're not going to be involved in any high-level trades. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to get into all of that. But first, um, I got to give a shout out to Indeed and to Bet Online who have been the benefactors of the show and for Rocky Mountain or and for the Blue Wire Podcast Network. They have been a longtime supporters of this show. So make sure you go check them out. You're going to hear about Indeed after this first segment for the first ad read. And then you'll hear about Bet Online after I talk about Monte Morris. Also, we'll make sure you subscribe to the uh, Freddie Adu documentary American Prodigy that has been put on by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Again, it is called American Prodigy. All right, let's get into training camp real quick uh, before we get into the Monte Morris portion of this podcast. Like I said, Gary Harris spoke, then Michael Malone, then Vlako Chanchar, then Marcus Howard. So four people spoke a couple days ago. Uh, Gary Harris, again, the king of short answers. The dude has like... His efficiency of words per answer is incredible. The dude doesn't have to say anything. He can say like 12 words for each answer, and it just flies. It's really incredible that he's able to just say absolutely nothing in his interviews. Um, he did say he spent the offseason getting healthy, uh, made it clear that he was not looking back on his past struggles, and that he's actually looking at this season more as a blank slate to kind of get forward, and also made it clear that he was happy for Jeremy Grant regardless of the situation Uh, Jeremy Grant and Gary Harris are friends they were friends before the Nuggets they were friends on the Nuggets they were good friends in the locker room and he's just happy for his guy full stop and that's really how most of the Nuggets are don't get me wrong the Denver Nuggets organization and team wanted Jeremy Grant in Denver that does not mean that they were going to be upset if he chose to go elsewhere it is called free agency for a reason so that's the Gary Harris update which isn't much of an update because again Gary Harris is the king of short answers. Uh, Michael Malone then spoke, who was the king of long answers and giving these like long soliloquies about how he feels about things. Uh, Michael Malone got into a bunch of stuff. Uh, He he talked about how he's been working with Gary Harris to help him get back to the player he was a few years ago because he knows he can still be that caliber of player, but said he has not really discussed the starting uh, spot with him yet. There are only two days of group workouts in. They have yet to fully identify what they need in their starting lineup, so this has not been a conversation surrounding the starting lineup. It's been a conversation surrounding how do we get Gary Harris back to playing like Gary Harris? Uh, Michael Malone also reminded everybody that Gary Harris was Denver's third leading scorer against the Clippers, and that they don't advance against the Jazz or the Clippers without Gary Harris. He made a point to make it clear that Gary Harris is hyper-important to this team, even if that starting shooting guard spot is still up for grabs. Um, Then he moved on. He talked about R.J. Hampton, gave him a ton of credit for attacking the rim so far, and then said, quote, R.J. Hampton has put his athleticism on display quite a few times going to the rim, end quote. Um, This is not surprising. R.J. Hampton is a terror on rims. R.J. Hampton tries to destroy backboards when he dunks, and it's cool to see him already being able to get to the rim and explode in that way and show the Nuggets that he does have that kind of burst and that kind of um, athleticism because, you know, it's it's one thing seen in Australia and in, um, you know, in high school and things like that. To be able to see it against NBA-caliber players and NBA-caliber defenders is an entirely different thing, so that is also encouraging. Malone then went to Barton. Uh, he spoke about how Will Barton can start at the starting shooting guard or starting small forward spot. Loves his versatility. Said he can play one, two, or three depending on the circum on the circumstance. But then also gave us another little tidbit of information. Will Barton once again did not t- uh, take part in the Denver Nuggets live portion of their uh training camp day two, which I'm calling training camp day two. Of course, it was training camp like day five or something. But it was the second day of group workouts, and he still was not able to take part in the live workouts this is being described as precautionary but anybody who has concerns about will barton's health this is still a red flag and nerve-wracking we'll have to just wait and see they posted a video of will barton doing dunking drills so clearly he's able to get off the ground in a way he was not during the bubble Um, but we'll just have to wait and see again we're just on that wait and see mode Uh, he once again malone's uh, i should say uh, spoke about needing to have more free throws and layups and three-point shots and less mid-range looks but also said he doesn't want to become the Rockets of old. He doesn't want to completely vilify mid-range shots because they are useful shots depending on how you get them in the in the flow of the offense. Malone doesn't want the Nuggets passing up great shots from three-point range to take tough shots in the mid-range. That is his goal in that conversation. And then lastly, he was asked about Bull Bull and said he would have to earn his role and that he defines Bull's position by who Bull can guard. Um, said that they ran zone during the bubble to get everything funneling towards him. Thinks he can defend fours and fives uh, depending on the fours and fives, and said he will have to earn his role in practice. Uh, Vlocko also spoke, but again, not a whole lot here. A couple funny things though. Um, he was asked about the picture of him just looking jacked, like looking huge, and he said that he was asked if it was steroids or Photoshop, and that it is not. He's been in the weight room basically every single day, and that's really encouraging, because if he can get strong enough to play four, um, he has the skill set to play the two, his versatility just kind of grows that much more. Um, also called uh, playing against Facundo Campazzo in, in the international series, circuits a pain in the ass which was kind of an interesting um eye-opening moment because whenever you get to hear international players who have played against Facundo Composito they all say the same thing like that dude can play and it's not fun on either end of the floor even his defense is something that is very difficult to deal with um that's it for Blacko again not a whole lot to speak of on his interview and lastly Marcus Howard Marcus Howard had a great interview um, was like halfway tried to be baited into saying he's the best shooter on the team but just very clearly was like listen man I'm here to get better I'm here to improve I still have a lot to learn Um, also said that Denver was very appealing to him because of how Denver develops their players Um, said he looks up to guys like Fred Van Vliet, Patty Mills, DJ Augustine, Kyle Lowry, Isaiah Thomas as inspiration for how to stay in the league and to continue to play while being small Um, very cool and eye-opening interview I think Marcus Howard is going to be a fan favorite around Denver once they actually start to get him some minutes. Um, But yeah, that is training camp. That is where the Nuggets are currently at. Again, in the next few hours, we're going to end up talking to the Nuggets once again after day three or four, four, I believe, of group workouts for training camp. We don't know which players are going to speak yet. We only know that Michael Malone will speak. And you'll hear more about that on Friday's podcast. So we'll talk more about training camp as it comes. For now, we're going to take our first quick break, tell you about Indeed, and on the other end, You will hear me get into all of the minutia of the Monte Morris contract extension and what it means for the Denver Nuggets. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every single hire is critical, indeed, is here to help. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com BlueWire. Offer is valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get into the Monte Morris portion of this show because this I find fascinating. There's a lot of moving parts as to what is going on with this contract and what it means for the Denver Nuggets going forward. So let's just quickly catch you up on the overall mechanisms of the extension. So it is a 3-year extension worth 27 million. It could be worth up to about 28.5 million depending on the incentives that also exist within the deal. That does not mean he'll hit them all Most are unlikely, we'll just have to wait and see. There are no options on the deal, according to Mike Singer, I have also confirmed that myself, and I we don't know how the deal is structured yet, but if you use just the basic 8% standard raises as almost every contract in the NBA uses, it would start about $8.33 million in his first year, go up to $9 million in the second year, and then $9.67 million in the third year with those 8% raises. So, What's cool about this deal is it keeps the Nuggets under the luxury tax next year, even if they run their whole roster back. We'll talk more about the roster and how it runs back in a second, but this does not strap the Nuggets into the luxury tax going forward for you know, without any other recourse. Um, that is a helpful place to start. In addition to that... Um, it shows that the Nuggets value Monte Morris despite the fact that they drafted R.J. Hampton and they signed Facundo Campazzo. There was a ton of speculation that, hmm, they just signed another point guard, them being the Denver Nuggets. And does that mean Monte Morris is now available for trade? Because, let's be honest, his trade value is probably as high as it's ever been. He was a second-round draft pick. He's six foot one, So people are wondering, like, do you... Sell now while his value is high now that you also were able to sign Facundo Compasso. As I reported on this show and all over Twitter, that was never the case, not at all. Even from when I first reported that the Nuggets were interested in Facundo Campazzo on this podcast, like the first night of free agency beginning, that I said even then that this does not mean that Monte Morris is on his way out of Denver. The Nuggets want to have multiple playmakers on the Nuggets roster. They want to be able to use both sides of the court, not just one. And during the playoffs, they were completely unable pool to get the ball to the other side of the court and run productive offense. So much of it was Jamal Murray runs a pick-and-roll or dribble handoff with Nikola Jokic, they get buried on that side of the court, and one of Nikola Jokic or Jamal Murray bail out the Nuggets with, with an incredible made shot. That just isn't a recipe for basketball success, especially offensively. So the Nuggets were very clearly no, um, aware that they needed to find more playmakers. So they went out and they signed a Facundo Campazzo. They have Will Barton returning um, from injury. They also have obviously Monte Morris now locked up for the long term. Also, this is really cool because it shows that the Nuggets value Monte Morris. They signed Gary Harris quickly. They signed Will Barton quickly. They gave Nikola Jokic his maximum contract extension, or his maximum contract. It wasn't technically an extension. Um, They gave it to him a year early. They gave Jamal Murray his maximum contract extension early as well. So for the Nuggets to then turn around and also treat Monte Morris the same, it just shows so clearly how much they value his contributions to this team. Plus the money is not that bad. Like to play an average of nine million a year for the you know, a premier backup point card that is so important to your team, that's not a crazy number at all. Like this is essentially a mid-level exception number. Like this is a win for the Nuggets overall. So that was very cool. And plus it makes it very clear that the Nuggets learn from their lessons in the playoffs that they need more playmakers. So Now let's take a look going forward. What does this mean for the Nuggets' financial future? What does this mean for their ability to sign players next year? So immediately when looking at the Nuggets' salary cap for the 2021-22 season... When looking at the 14 players that have guaranteed contracts for next season, the Nuggets currently, with Monte Morris's expected contract extension, would come in just about 4 million dollars below the luxury tax. So, this means that the nuggets most likely are going to be able to stay under the luxury tax for one more season and could run back their entire roster um there are obviously some caveats here um there i mean even with me saying that 14 of the 15 players have guaranteed contracts next season will barton has a 14.66 million dollar player option next season jermichael green has a 7.1 million dollar player option for next season and the nuggets have unguaranteed guaranteed deals for both PJ Dozier and Vlako Chanchar. So there is a reality in which players opt out, they have multiple open roster spots, and they suddenly are operating as a below-the-cap team. That, in my opinion, is extremely unlikely. Will Barton is most likely going to opt into that $14.7 million player option only because he would have to have an incredible year to like, know without a shadow of a doubt that he can get more money than that on the open market. Um, when it comes to Jermichael Green though, 7, $7.1 million is probably the low end of what he deserves as a player. So there's a chance that maybe Jermichael Green opts out. Uh, when it comes to Michael Porter Jr.'s team option, there's no chance the Nuggets opt out of that. And I highly doubt that they just cut P.J. Dozier and Vlacco for the fun of it. Maybe they do it if they have to, but they only would do it if they have to. So that leaves the Nuggets with one free agent in the 2020-21-22 offseason. I guess it would be to the 2021 offseason. And that would be Paul Millsap, who is currently signed for a one-year $10 million option with incentives included. Um... What's interesting, and I tweeted this out, is if Paul Millsap signed for a minimum contract, the Nuggets could stay below the luxury tax still. If they use their first-round draft pick, the reality is that they probably go over it, but there is a reality in which all 17 guys... Even the two-way contract guys come back next year and the Nuggets are still under the luxury tax. That is an encouraging place because that, that, that means blah, 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 blah. That means that they are not going to have to hit that repeater tax before they can find that next piece and they can still get this you know youthful development going in their overall team. So we'll have to wait and see how the Nuggets go about that, but there is absolutely a reality in which all 15 of these guaranteed roster spots come back and the Nuggets are still under the salary cap. Um, also, let's just say that the Nuggets do lose Jermichael Green and they lose Paul Millsap. Even if they still had their mid-level exception tied up in Jermichael Green and Bulbul, Even if that's still the case, they still get the mid-level exception next year. So they will still have the $9.536 million mid-level exception so long as they are not in the luxury tax. So that's encouraging. That means the Nuggets can still add a player of significance. They will not have the biannual exception though, because that has been used on um, Facundo Campazzo, And even if they signed him or got rid of him or whatever it may be, once you use a biannual exception, it is gone for two years, that season and the next. So the Nuggets really are kind of locked into their roster next year. Jokic will be here. Murray will be here. Gary Harris will be an expiring contract. He will be here. The likelihood of Will Barton opting into his player option seems high at this time. I would expect him to be here. Jermichael Green's a coin flip. That $7.1 will be dictated by what the market value looks like. Porter will be here. Composite will be here. Bull will be here. Zeke Nagy will be here. P.J. Dozier will be here. Potentially, if he doesn't get cut, which again would only be in extreme circumstances, R.J. Hampton will still be here, Monte Morris will still be here, Isaiah Hartenstein will still be here, and Vlaco will still be here again. Non-guaranteed, but would take um, no other option. They would have to have no choice but to cut him to get rid of him. So, that means the Nuggets roster now, with Monte Morris' contract extension included in the books, essentially locks them into the majority of their roster next year. Maybe you see two or three new faces next year, but there's almost no chance that you end up running into the opportunity that the Nuggets have seven new faces next year like they did this year. It also means that there's not going to be a whole lot of methods for dramatic improvement on the roster unless they made a trade. So... I wouldn't expect the Nuggets to be involved in any high-tier free agents next offseason. I would expect them to be involved in all of the premier mid-level exception guys, but unless they make a dramatic trade, they are pretty much locked into their roster as is. You're probably going to see 13-14 guys return next season the way things are currently constructed. Uh, So, what does this also mean for the rest of the Nuggets roster? Who does this put on the outside looking in? Uh, Gary Harris is really the only one because when you look at the salary cap sheet, if the Nuggets wanted to open up some room to be able to sign some players, being able to find a way to trade Gary Harris's $21 million salary in the 2021-22 season, especially when you already have Jamal Murray, Will Barton, uh, Facundo Campazzo, RJ Hampton, PJ Dozier, Monte Morris, all still on the roster. That is possible. Again, the Nuggets probably want to see what they can get from Gary this year. So we have to wait and see how he plays this year, but... If he raises his value to become a tradable asset of positive value, not somebody you have to move an asset to get rid of, I do wonder if the Nuggets make a trade and send Gary Harris somewhere. Um, the only way they'd be able to use to clear that money would be to find a team with cap space who wants him, which I don't expect that to happen because very few teams have cap space right now, especially after this past offseason, which teams spent way more than I anticipated them spending, but maybe the Nuggets do look to trade Gary Harris, but he's really the only one that gets immediately put on the bubble because of this, but. Like I said, Monte Morris's contract contract extension essentially locks in like 85 percent of the Nuggets' roster going in, into next season because there's not a whole lot of mechanisms to being able to improve the roster elsewhere. So. There's my Monte Morris rant. I'm very happy for Monte. He deserves this deal, one of the premier backup point guards in all of basketball. Probably deserves starter money at some point, and there are probably teams out there who would have paid him starter money, but I'm very, very happy that the Nuggets have him back because that is only going to allow the Nuggets to continue to grow and play the style of basketball they want to play. Plus, he's probably one of the greatest locker room guys they have right now. He is a phenomenal phenomenal leader on that locker room he's the union rep like the guy is just invaluable to that Nuggets locker room so that's all I got to say about Monte Morris I'm gonna tell you about bet online next and then we'll close out the podcast every single day head to bet online today and take full advantage of the great signup bonuses and don't forget to use promo code bluewire at betonline.ag that's bluewire all one word bet online your online sportsbook experts Thank you all again for sticking around and supporting the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast. With the whole le- me getting laid off from writing and all of that, it's been so nice to be able to have this medium to dive back into covering the Denver Nuggets, even if I am not writing. So, I hope you guys are enjoying this show becoming a lot more frequent, as much as fun as I am having recording it. Genuinely, this is the best. Like being able just to like shoot the shit about hoops through a microphone is so much fun. So. Thank you to everybody who's been listening really for years now. We're on episode like 220 or something. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the years of support. Thank you for everybody who has me, uh, who has subscribed to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. A reminder, this is the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast. You can find it anywhere you subscribe to podcasts except for Mile High Sports where this show is no longer at. If you've been listening through Mile High Sports, go subscribe anywhere else you can find podcasts. But again, thank you to everybody who continues to share this show, who continues to leave reviews. Again, every time I hop in there to look at the Apple app, uh, Apple Podcast reviews of this show, there always seems to be more and more reviews in there, which just makes me happy because that means that you guys are enjoying this podcast enough to actually reach out and tell me that you're enjoying it. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's so cool to be able to see that on a regular basis. Um, Hopefully we can get those... Reviews up over 100 soon. We're currently at 76, I believe. So please go check out the Apple Podcast link, which I will have in every single tweet that I put this out for. And go leave me a five-star review and leave a comment. Share it on social media. Tell your friends about it. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Um, but until next time, I am TJ McBride. You can find me at TJ McBride, MBA, on Twitter. This has been the Rocky Mountain Hoops Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. It has been presented by Indeed and Bet Online. And make sure you go subscribe to American Prodigy, the Freddie Adu documentary, which has been put on by Blue Wire Pods. Also, keep wearing a mask, keep staying safe, and have a happy holiday.